Is the dollar really dead? And if so, who killed it? The United States or China? Find out today in the latest episode of History's Greatest Podcast. I'm Eric Giannis, and this is The Eric Giannis Show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. Today, I want to cover a story that has a lot of people worried, uh, but for reasons that they typically don't understand. So I want to start today's episode with a recent somber quote from a Federal Reserve economist. And I just want everyone to take a moment to really mull it over, the sobriety and all that. Here's the quote. The dollar is dead. The dollar remains dead. And we have killed it. End quote. And that was Dr. Friedrich Nietzsche, PhD at the Federal Reserve, um, an economist uh, who mentioned that just earlier this year. So our question today is, was he right? Or is he just another monetary nihilist? Uh, Donald Trump seems to think so, and China, he says, is the culprit. Though he failed to mention in what room and with what weapon, so Xi Jinping has officially requested that Congress remove him from the banking game of Clue. Nonetheless, many people say Donald Trump is right. Many people think China is within a hair's breadth of overcoming the U.S. financial system. I disagree. I think the dollar is very much alive, but it is dying. And the cancer killing it is not China, it's the U.S. Although I do imagine China is enjoying the show. Let's examine the argument for the death of the dollar and China's supposed role in it. People toss around a number of different uh, kind of loose theories, and I'm going to do my best to synthesize them all together for you now uh, very quickly. The story goes a little something like this. China and Russia both obviously hate the U.S. and would like to see our economic dominance come to an end. China has been historically notorious, and this is a very important point for most people to understand. It's been a notorious economic agent in the past for devaluing its currency. But over the past 10 years, China has actually been stabilizing the yuan in an effort, allegedly, to compete with the U.S. dollar. If China's yuan can become more reliable and trustworthy over time, other countries, particularly countries that the U.S. has sanctioned, like Russia and Iran, will begin to trade in Chinese currency rather than the U.S. dollar. Russia and China can then become sort of powerful trading partners in the East using the Chinese yuan, which solves two concurrent problems for these supposedly cahooting powers. The first is that U.S. sanctions become even more meaningless than they already are for Russia. And secondly, China gets to take another step closer to becoming the world's world reserve currency. If this supposed axis of evil is formed, then China may well succeed in overcoming the U.S. as the global economic superpower. We're often even warned that Russia and China 
maybe forming some kind of monetary alliance with Brazil, India, and South Africa to enact this sinister plan in front of our very eyes. So, you know, India, Brazil, South Africa, they might be these economic powerhouses that threaten the U.S. global financial security. Hmm. So you may be wondering, well, what's the evidence for this oncoming economic overturn? Mostly, it's the fact that China is buying up loads and loads of valuable commodities, most often tech commodities. And in addition to that, it roughly holds about one trillion U.S. dollars in cash. And, and so it's supposed that this cash stockpile that China has, about a trillion dollars, can be released at any time by China in an effort to devalue the U.S. dollar in the commodities market. Okay? This poses a threat to, to the U.S. economy because currencies are measured relative to commodities. So let's assume China tries to, for example, buy up all the copper in the world. Uh, it currently owns roughly 16%, if you didn't know that, about a third of what uh, the top producer, Chile, currently controls. But let's say it tries to buy up all the copper. And if it uses the US dollars that it has in its reserves to do this, then it devalues the dollar relative to copper. Uh, it does this in the same way that the U.S. government devalues our dollar all the time by simply printing more of it because it becomes less scarce. It becomes more readily available, and so its purchasing power goes down. But China can't do this just at any time because, as I just mentioned, the Federal Reserve does this all the time through the, the printing press. So China may have a trillion dollars in its bank account somewhere, and that may sound like a lot, but really when you think about it, we just released over $6 trillion over the last two years, and that only devalued the dollar by roughly 12%. So even though China's got a trillion dollars, it can't just release that at any time. It's not like it has some kind of power over the value of the U.S. dollar. A trillion dollars being flooding into the market is just not going to crush the value of the dollar by that much. Therefore... China, we are told, is simply waiting for the right moment to strike when the value of the U.S. dollar and the Chinese yuan are going to be close enough for China to come in and dump all of this money in the commodities market, seize up a bunch of valuable lithium or, or copper, and ascend and establish the new world order, a Chinese world order made in the image of Mao. Well, China, I think, is going to have to wait a good deal while longer. Um, let's just cover some simple statistics, some simple figures, I think, to really put this issue into perspective for everybody and hopefully give everybody a little bit of an ease of mind. Uh, as of last year, nearly 90% of all global transactions had a U.S. dollar on at least one side of the transaction. 90% were denominated in the dollar. And that is actually totally unchanged from the previous year and basically unchanged over the last 10 years in, the neg in any negative direction. The second, third, and fourth places belong to the euro, the Japanese yen, and the silver sterling, respectively. 
the second, third, and fourth places. So China's not in the top four at all. And not only that, but 60% of all global reserves, so all the countries in the world have reserves of other currencies, 60% of all currency in the world globally are in U.S. dollars. And that may not sound like you know, a whole lot. It's only 60%. That means 40% isn't. But compared to 30 years ago, that was only half. So over the long run, we've actually improved as a world reserve currency. So what about China then? Where did China match up? Interestingly enough, China only accounted last year for about right around 7% of global transactions. That means that on one side of the, do- uh, one side of the transaction, the Chinese yuan was being used, which was, I might mention, miles and miles above India's currency, the Russian ruble, Brazil, or South Africa. So really the only threatening economy in the supposed BRICS alliance is China, and it's only just hovering around 7%. Now that's still a very impressive figure. Only a year ago, China's currency was under 4% of all global transactions. So it is without question the fastest growing currency. But today, it doesn't really offer any threat to the US dollar. The US dollar's dominance is not being threatened by any foreign currency. Now, someone might ask, you might be wondering yourself, well, why? Couldn't the yuan just keep climbing forever? Couldn't its rate of acceleration as a, as a fraction of global transactions just keep going? And the answer is no, probably not. Uh, for very specific reasons. China is a fascist country with massive capital controls, uh, an unreliable legal system that's very ad hoc and low investor security. Uh, I I reference in my article on this topic this week, uh, an article written by economist Daniel LaCalle. Uh, He's a Spanish PhD economist. I've actually had the privilege of meeting him at a conference once, and he's just a terrific guy, really phenomenal, and he's he's a genius. He's brilliant, and he's published many books. Uh, Most of them are on central banking. He's a monetary economist. He's been very critical of central banking, both here in the United States and and also in his home country of Spain. And he wrote an article about this issue. Can the the Chinese yuan really overcome the U.S. dollar? And as he puts it, people tend to undervalue the importance of these institutions I just mentioned, like capital controls and whether or not there's low or high investor security and whether or not there's a strong legal system with a great court system and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, the, the reality is that China's history has been one of an unstable currency. And LaCalle, in his article, which you can find in my show notes, I'll, I'll put a, a link up to both my own article with all of these sources for all of these figures as well as for Daniel LaCalle's. He points out that the value of things like uh, even freedom of the press, but really legal and regulatory systems and independent institutions and the transparency of your financial markets are not second order benefits. They're not nice things to have in a thriving you know, foreign exchange market. They're first order necessities. Nobody wants to trade with a country who at any day will intentionally devalue their currency, uh, harming all of their investors just because they want to achieve some kind of political end. 
that is just not what investors globally want. So it's very unlikely that if China continues down the path that it has been on historically as a fascist country, that it's going to create the kinds of institutions that are necessary to become the kind of currency that could overtake the U.S. dollar. Um, so is that it then? You know, in other words, there's nothing to worry about because China just has a political system that's not conducive to a financially rich currency market. And the answer to that is no, of course not. There, there, there are several things that could happen which could kill the dollar. And that's why I tell people the dollar is dying. There's no question in my mind that the dollar is dying. But it's not dying because China's killing it. The reason the dollar is dying is because we are killing it. The U.S. is killing it. There's two things that could happen that would stop the U.S. from being essentially the world reserve currency and for the Chinese you know, currency to become supreme. The first thing is that uh, the U.S. significantly could become a fascist country. It could continue on its path that it has been on, at least since 2008, if not for the last 30 years, of poor and loose monetary policy, of diminishing investor security, of an increasingly ad hoc legal system, um, and for controlled institutions, state institutions, rather than independent institutions. All those pillars that I just mentioned were essential for having a strong, stable currency globally could become reduced, could be diminished in the U.S., and which I think have been diminished in the U.S., and which will probably continue to be diminished in the U.S., and that is what is killing the dollar. It is our inflationary monetary policy. It's the Federal Reserve believing it can, can print ad nauseum without any consequences. It can just pay for whatever it wants by creation of money, which is inherently unstable. Um, and that paired with the fact that we are seeing an increasingly ad hoc legal system and uh, less transparency and less independent institutions and the growth of government, these sorts of things diminish the financial stability of our currency globally. So that can happen. The other thing that can happen is countries can become more stable. So it's entirely possible that China could abandon its fascist ideology and, and history and become a competitive currency by creating these kinds of institutions that I just mentioned. Independent institutions and the freedom of capital movement. Uh, I think that that's unlikely. I think it's pretty unlikely that China uh, will go that far in competing with the U.S. currency. But if it did, you know, all things considered, I don't think we'd be that upset about it. It doesn't seem that dastardly of a future because that would mean that China would have to adopt all the kinds of institutions that we kind of know and love and cherish in this country. So in other words, to create the kind of currency that could replace the U.S. dollar as the world reserve currency China would have to become the kind of country that would have the kind of institutions to have the kind of currency to be the world reserve currency. And that would mean that it would have to basically become the kind of country we would be happy using their money anyways, like most people are very happy using the U.S. dollar. Uh, unfortunately, like I said, I don't think that that's likely to happen. I think that that's very unlikely. Far more likely is we will become... More and more fascists, we will descend ever further 
into this uh, road of fascist ideology until we are just one more of a highly complicated, non-transparent, state-run institutional nation that's competing with other state-run institutional nations and with their currencies, all of whom are weak and, and poor. Uh, but if that scenario happens, it will not be because China was so competitive and, and so resourceful in the commodity market that they killed the U.S. dollar. It will be because the U.S., killed the dollar. The United States, we, the Federal Reserve, the central bank, killed the U.S. dollar, and it was done in the library with the lead pipe. Thank you so much for listening today, everyone. That's all I've got for you. As always, thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, follow my blog, follow my podcast, wherever you get it. I'm Eric Giannis, and this has been The Eric Giannis Show.